Sonic States. This is Sonic Talk Live, um, number 105. Um, hopefully we'll have a bit better luck with streaming. Thanks to all our listeners in the chat room who are there once again. Guru One, I know you're always there. It's good to see you back. As your head, Aspergineer, Audio Nerd, Bartle, B Meister. There's tons of you. I'm very glad that you could make it, and thanks for listening. Hopefully the audio will be fine, so uh, please hang in there. If it isn't, you can always just chat amongst yourselves. Anyway, um, we have got a fairly full team with us this week as well. Um, I'll start with, let me see, I'll start with PJ Tracy. Why not? Because, uh, PJ, you weren't with us last week. You weren't feeling too good, but uh, it's good to have you with us this week. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, but hopefully you're feeling chipper today and ready to take on the live world as it were i feel great i'm caffeinated and uh i'm looking forward to talking with all 36 or 7 of you yeah, excellent and um also mr rich hill oh wait a minute i have a miss of me i'm not used to it yet but you have your url which is pjtracymusic.com is where you can find what pj's up to and uh, also we've got mr rich hilton from uh connecticut who's um hanging in well i guess you're at home right now i am good Hey, good morning. I'm not sure what's happening with the time, because obviously British summertime has ended, and so our clocks went, is it forward or back? I forget. It's very complicated once you start thinking about it. It's a bit like quantum shift. (laughs) Yeah, it's just past noon here, and uh, so that made it really easy for me, and probably a little easier for PJ. I dare Um, say. Definitely, although I showed up two hours early. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure. I had to check. I had to check. But anyway, I'm I'm feeling great. Connecticut's beautiful, and I'm happy to be with my friends again. MySpace.com forward slash Hiltonius is where you can find watch what's going on in Rich's world, or at least part of it. I know you don't put everything up there. How could you? So uh, next <laughs> up is Mr. Dave Spears from GeForce Software. Dave, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. G4software.com. Is that where we can find news of the release of the Mtron Pro, perchance? No. Uh, yes. Hey, yes. we finally yes. got there. Yeah, we did. We got there. God, Brilliant. what a hectic couple of days. But all good fun. Brilliant. Brilliant to see old names from eight years ago come back and order, that, order a copy. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's really excellent. We um, asked some people who hadn't got, you know, receipts and stuff just to provide some kind of photographic evidence. So we've just got this incredible library now of all the drones and its various guys. It's been brilliant. Sorry about that. There's another phone call. I just <laughs> remember ah. to switch that one off. <laughs> um, well, that's great, Dave. And of course, you can see um, you very kindly took a little bit of time out of your schedule to do us a, a kind of um, a sort of desktop tour. I think I build it as of the Mtron Pro, which I think has gone down very well. Got lots of views, so so obviously people are gagging for it. And I hope they're all putting money in your bank account. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, g4software.com is where to go. Mark Tinley is also here. How are you, Mark? Um, yeah, so it could have been better. I've had a gastric thing for about two weeks, Ooh. and uh, and um, I'm sort of annoyed with the doctor because I had to take a sample into them, and they haven't sent it off and everything, and uh, so mm. I've got a very upset stomach. Oh, dear. I've got some great sound effects to go with that. <laughs> if, you, if you've got somewhere to run off to, um, we'll understand, yes. I suppose. I have. I might have to take some break. But I actually, I've had this... I don't know if it's a brainwave or it's a really bad thing to have done, but I figured I've been taking like a Modium Plus and all those sorts of things to try and stop it. And I drank a whole bottle of kaolin and morphine the other, the other day. That was quite good fun. Just like the old days. Yeah, but I, so what I did was I bought some um, 
what's that stuff called centipods i thought what i'm going to do is i'm going to take loads of laxatives and then see if i can flush it out. out whatever the hell it is that's in there been in there for two weeks doing this stuff and but it's bizarrely it hasn't made it any worse so god knows what's the going. wonderful world of self-medication who yeah. knows what we'll throw up next uh, as it were sorry that's a very bad gag <laughs> now i'm so glad um this is just radio and not smadio smeldio anyway so uh, let's move on to our first topic which is not a very cheerful one but it's sort of um it might actually get that cheerful because it gives me an excuse to play this One of my full-time favourite electronic music pop records of all time, folks. And um, any excuse to play it, as you'll know, I'm always want for. Can anyone um, figure out why I'm playing this? Or shall I uh, make the link for you? I think I probably better had, because it's in my sort of addled brain and uh, desperate search for links into various topics. Um, I decided that the Einstein and Go-Go by Landscape was, um, it was out in the last recession, or in the in the not the last one the 1981 recession which I found on uh, facts on a website and uh, I've just that there's a, a couple of news items this was found by ProSat it's on ProSound News Europe which is Dave Robinson's uh, August tome and basically they're saying that Avid uh, who own DigiDesign and therefore also M Audio uh, are selling off uh, its video game and animation business and they're laying off uh, up to 20% reduction in its workforce uh, I don't know if this is global or whether it's the actual just the avid thing and uh, rather than sort of get into the economic ramifications for that company i just wanted to kind of um, think whether you know there's no doubt that we're in a kind of economic downturn um, in case you haven't noticed i know we don't like to talk about that sort of thing on this show it's all cheerful cheerful but is there anything good that might come out of it and i was thinking that uh, lots of there was all sorts of kind of music movements come out of bad times and uh when I was looking at the chart for 1981 in April, Landscape was one of them. Uh, unfortunately, my um, theory doesn't totally hold water because there was also Shaking Stevens, Bucks Fizz, uh, Kim Wilde, Toya, um, which doesn't really kind of stand up there. But, um, you know, you get the gist of it. So uh, anyone else got any, um, any good things to say that might happen, might come out of a recession? Mark Tinley. Oh, God. <laughs> no. on the spot, why don't you? All right, well, uh, who, who wants to go first, well, then? I think it's good that the house prices are tumbling, because it means I could probably afford to buy one now, so um, that's quite a good thing to come out of a recession. I mean, not that I wish any ill fortune on the people who have to sell their houses because they can't afford to stay in them, but... No, that's true. Uh, I mean, in terms of musical movements and that sort of thing, is there anything that that might uh, that we might see? I mean, was punk? Did punk kind of come out of the the uh, the sort of bad times of the mid seventies? Yeah. So, I mean, that's quite that was quite a powerful movement, and wasn't um, sort of acid and all of that stuff come out of the the nineteen eighty seven recession, or am I a bit late there? 
I think that came out of people taking lots of drugs and enjoying themselves too much. Uh, that wouldn't have been recession times then, I suppose. <laughs> the other one was in 1991, and I'm afraid um, the only thing that really stuck out, stuck out was Brian Adams' Everything I Do. And, um, of course, the KLF, but um, that doesn't really, again, doesn't make my uh, theory hold water. But anybody else got any suggestions? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I guess nobody can think of anything. That's that tumbleweed sample. Hold on. You need tumbleweed. Uh, uh, just a moment. <laughs> it's coming right up. <laughs> yes there's my tumbleweed moment come on somebody else help me out here i spent ages preparing this topic and i've only had one answer nick the other night i was listening to uh, national public radio and they did a story actually similar to this and they were saying that um acdc their new album black ice has reached number one in the uk charts and the last time that that happened was during a recession. So they brought on a, a, a rock and roll critic to explain why that is. And he said that ACDC is comfort food, rock and roll comfort food. And so uh, people in times of economic stress and downturn tend to turn to things that they love. So if there is uh, any other retro resurgent movements that uh, that take hold, maybe those those records will be very successful. Ah, looking good for the sales of Mtron Pros then, Dave. Hopefully. <laughs> well, who knows? Because don't forget, we're distributed by M Audio. M Audio are owned by Digi, who are owned by Avid. So who knows? Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I I I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of theories about it. I mean, anybody else got any other theories? Rich. You must have, um, I mean, I suppose there haven't been so many um, kind of recessions, at least, you know, in, in the true sense in the States. It's more of a UK thing we've suffered for more times than you guys. But can you see any positives possibly from, from music? For music? I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But I, 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 don't, I don't have an idea about what that'll be. And if you want to attribute punk to having occurred at the, at the behest of that particular bad financial time well i can't argue that either i don't i don't know where punk came from and i'm not sure what's coming next as a result of this or if it'll have anything to do with this i kind of think it won't um because i think the music business was already in the toilet well but, that's true. um <laughs> so you know this just means that i, I don't know I, I don't even know what this means uh right now it means that gasoline prices here are about down down about 30 percent in the last two months down so yep. uh yeah well that's better yeah. news i guess more gigs then possibly well you can certainly afford to get to them more easily yeah but uh yep. getting them getting them in the first place might be the challenge i mean one of the one of the things that um does you know people are always talking about certainly in the tech sector about uh recession and downturns is it's a really good opportunity to sort of consolidate and kind of stay in and kind of come up with new things and figure out um you know innovate because you know if business is not putting lots and lots of demands on your time you've got time to kind of flesh out a few ideas and theories and maybe the same thing applies to music uh yeah could be could be i think i think it's already happened to a large extent in as much as a lot of the a large percentage i would guess of the recording that's going on now is not going on in uh public business recording studios but in privately owned facilities you know either affiliated with the artist himself or somewhere close by yeah, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but po possibly there will be some positive sides. I mean, for people like, uh, you know, for, for people who are dealing in digital 
information and numbers, you know, which it does include music and stuff. I mean, at least the distribution and that sort of things is no longer an issue when it comes to, you know, gas prices and what have you. So maybe that's a positive. Maybe it'll consolidate and they'll be able to figure out a way to sort out this awful um, music and media distribution mess while the while times are down. Something they say about art, isn't there, that it, it, if you have nothing, it makes you more keen. So the people that have made it and have multi-million pound mansions are less likely to be as uh, creative as in capturing the ears of the public than the people who have nothing and who are, are working their way up from the gutter, so to speak. So that's there's always... You think it might it might, pr- might prove to kind of be a prime motivator? Yeah, because that I don't know, it's that bohemian artist thing, isn't it? I guess the bohemian artists will be feeling a little bit more bohemian and may come up with, uh, you know, to stretch that little bit further to, to, you know... Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I suppose the other thing is also, rather than buying sort of the latest, latest stuff, we might actually learn a bit more about the stuff that we haven't really bothered to learn fully and get the most out of it, which is always, you know, that was a sort of time might hark back a little bit to the time of the sort of uh, 80s and 90s where, you know, the technology was expensive. So therefore, you know, what you could glean and borrow and and, um, and work with, you kind of got the most out of it. So maybe we'll start seeing people getting the most out of their stuff rather than just, you know, not. Yeah, that'd be nice. Be nice. Well, anyway. It would be nice. We'll see. It's not a, not a cheery topic, I suppose. But uh, we could move <laughs> on to the, uh, our funny Oops, I think I've just launched iTunes, and I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I don't want that. Get away. Wait, see what the genius play- offers you. What's in your playlist? I'm not telling yeah, you. No, I've already got my moment, and here is uh, our next topic, <laughs> and here it comes. Rock. Actually, it was quite good until he started singing. Um... <laughs> But I just don't like his voice, so, you know, I hope nobody gets um, gets too upset about that. But that is, of course, uh, the new single from Axl Rose. I don't know if it's Guns N' Roses or Axl Rose, I'm not quite sure. But um, it's apparently 17 years in the making. And uh, it sounded like there was quite a bit of synth in there somewhere, didn't it? It was up against the guitars? I don't know. It sounded like he was. Uh, it was not just guitar business going on there. Anyway, this story, um, I found this on the futuremusic.com blog, which is not Future Publishing Future Music. It's an American site. And um, basically, um, the VP of Dr. Pepper made a pledge to the American people that uh, if the, the new album Chinese Democracy was out uh, this year, uh, he would give everybody a free can of Dr. Pepper. 
And uh, basically what you have to do is you have to go to drpepper.com on the 23rd of November, um, which is the day that that particular single is released or album, and register online. Fans will receive a coupon, a coupon redeemable for a 20-ounce Dr. Pepper wherever the drink is sold. Uh, apparently the coupon is only available for 24 hours and will expire on February 28th. I say that fast, like they do on those American adverts where tons can just <laughs> apply and all that sort of thing. Um, what a strange combination of brands don't you think rich i mean you and pj you probably are best place to comment on this because i've never really heard about this it, i mean it is a bit of a gimmick but is, isn't it going to be incredibly expensive uh not if you go by the uh the chat room here because nobody likes dr pepper in the chat room so none of us will be redeeming our online coup- coupons ah well i suppose <laughs> well that's fair enough <laughs> An interesting way of getting a lot of publicity, though. I mean, I, I've, I've, Dr. Pepper, it's kind of like um, lemonade or something, isn't it? It's sort of like lemonade. Am I right? No, no, it's a cherry cola. Oh, man, that sounds disgusting. It's caffeine and uh, very sweet, as with most sodas, you know, 40 to 50 grams of sugar per can. Okay. Smells like nail polish remover. So what you want to do is down it in one and then um, leap about oh. to Chinese democracy. I know. So, Rich, you're not going to be getting your Dr. Pepper either, are you? Well, it's not so much that, but this seems like the answer to the question you posed previous to this. <laughs> what do you get? You get this. You get collaborations between Dr. Pepper and Axl Rose. Why? Because they're both fairly desperate in these times, and they're trying to attract each other's base to the other's product. And though there is, you know, like Miller Beer has been sponsoring uh, concert series for years. And, you know, so Dr. Pepper wants to sponsor Axel and give away a couple of sodas in hopes that they'll sell many more. I'm not surprised by it. And it just, like I said, it sounds like the answer to the question you were asking before. Actually, now I remember it. Isn't that there wasn't there a tag line to the advertising? Uh, they advertised Dr. Pepper in the UK here. And I think the tagline was, what's the worst that could happen? Is that right? Oh, no, we know. We know. <laughs> I think the worst, the worst just did happen. <laughs> Maybe they should cover Axl Rose and Dr. Pepper and put him up on stage during a summer festival and see what happens. Yeah. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Brilliant. Interesting idea. Uh, really weird, though. I mean, but um, I suppose that uh, any other unlikely brand and music um, meetings that anyone can remember? That I do remember that iTunes, uh, I know I don't want to go on about iTunes or Apple because we do tend to go on about, about it. And it does seem to irk the people in the chat room. But didn't Pepsi or Cola <laughs> and iTunes did something where you could peel a bit of the label off and you'd get, you know, a a free song or something like that any other yeah, any any kind of artist and um brand associations that kind of came a bit from left field i think guru one's example here is michael jackson pepsi including hair on fire yes that's true uh, <laughs> i suppose that commercial never really kind of saw the full light of day although i, I imagine if it did it might do the one or other of their brands a power good I can't think of anything. I mean, it's, oh, actually, apart from obviously Johnny Rotten and Butter, which we've just, which we did a couple of weeks ago. Elton uh, did the Sassons say so much for Sasson jeans. I mean, if you want to go that route in terms of the artists speaking up for the product, there's been a lot of them, you know, and then somebody, I think it was Michael Jackson, probably sold uh, Revolution to the Nike people. <laughs> Mark, take it easy there. You're going to, I hope there's no naked flames near you. <laughs> Jackson also sold. Uh, Getting better all the time to Phillips. Okay, that was a Beatles track, wasn't it? That he yep. owned. Right, okay. 
Well, I was thinking more in terms of actual physical artist endorsements, but maybe it's not a common thing. I don't know. Naughty Holder's doing butter. Naughty Holder. He did. No, he did. Um, oh, Chris- no, I'm sorry. It was Johnny Rotten. It was Johnny, Johnny Rotten. Rotten. It was, it was oh. Naughty Holder did something. It was snacks. Some kind of crisp base, corn based uh, snacks. Nobby's yeah, Nuts. Nobby's Nuts. That was it. <laughs> that was Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, as your head said, ba- Barry did an Evian commercial. Wow. But I don't, I don't remember that one. It's bizarre, this Guns N' Roses thing, because I've been waiting on a friend of ours, Puta, to send me an Mtron Pro demo, please. And yeah. I said, it's worse than waiting for for the new Guns N' Roses album. And he hit me back saying, what? Have you ever waited for a Guns N' Roses album? You never did. Send him a can or even a case of Dr. Pepper and see how that helps him out. Excellent. I will. <laughs> Anyway, so th- that was that, but uh, an interesting little um, aside there. So um, let's have a look and see what else I've got here. Ah, now this one. This one I do like. Check this out. Obviously, you'll have to imagine what's happening here, but this is sort of bizarre, twitchy, sort of electronic music. which um, has got some very high frequencies in it. It probably means that the people, once it's turned to MP3, it'll just sound like a load of, um, I don't know, bit-crushed bird tweeting. That is the backing track of uh, a chap called Daito Manabi. I hope I'm, I'm hoping... Um, pronouncing his name right. Uh, as somebody said, it sounded a bit Tenorion, yes? Uh, well, he's actually also Japanese. Daito is uh, a sort of performance artist, and he's created a Max MSP patch, which has got to be one of the most creative uses of Max MSP. He seems to have connected it up to a bunch of um, wires that trigger voltages that he's taped to his face. And each of those kind of separate rhythms or lines within the <laughs> within the uh, the music is kind of causing his face to twitch and as you watch it I, I, it kind of evolves it starts simply where he's just kind of raising one eyebrow and then the other and then they carry on and then his mouth starts going and then his chin goes and he's, it's it's actually really fascinating it's like a da- a face dance and a, a few times i don't know if anybody watched this but a few times he looks like he's about to burst into hysterical laughter but he does look a bit apprehensive so i don't know what kind of voltages he had to dial in to get his face to do that kind of thing but it's got masses and masses of hits on youtube um did anyone see it and what did you think i actually went to have a look at this and it now says we're sorry this video is no longer available really that can't be true <laughs> because i um i got that soundtrack earlier this morning well, about two hours ago, I recorded it. Oh, you have to check it out. I oh, really, yeah, maybe no. I was the, I was the the straw that broke the camel's back, as it were. No, maybe. I just I just loaded it. Oh, that's weird. Maybe it's me. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, mine's UK, UK. Rich, you saw it then. What did you think? Was it? Did you find it f- sort of bizarrely fascinating? I found it slightly horrifying. <laughs> I did. I did. I I thought of other bizarre experiments that people told me they did when we were kids that I said, what? You know, it's just not, it's not my style. God bless him. I think it's fascinating. It's a fantastic use of uh, the MSP, <laughs> the MSP, but uh, not for me. Thanks. I don't know. I've, I've just found myself because it's the face and your eyes are obviously drawn to the face and it's doing this stuff that faces shouldn't really do in a poly it's, it's like polyphonic twitching it's really bizarre mark i suspect that you might have got a kick out of it i thought it was brilliant 
I really, really liked it. I think they should design. He should be designing stuff for people like me to recognise people's facial expressions. If I could recognise facial expressions musically, then that would be really cool. Like if somebody frowned and it went diddly, and I knew that that meant they were cross, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. I just like to say, Azio Head said, "I'd love to try it with 230 volts." <laughs> hardcore twitching <laughs> maybe not that might be a little bit there might be some burning smells pj did you see it i did uh i can't say that i had any reaction whatsoever to it i just uh it it's fascinating to some degree i've seen a lot of really interesting max programming in my time so i'm not <laughs> surprised that somebody's gone this far with it but uh yeah it's it was cool but um, anyway, this guy is, is apparently he's an intern. He's thirty-two. He lives in Tokyo City. He's internationally—it's quite rather quaint um, Japanglish. Internationally acting turntablist and sound artist using surround oscillation super low frequency technology, which sounds fascinating, and pursuing sensual peculiarity, commonality, and interaction. I think you can kind of um, looking at the video, you can sort of see. That that about describes what he's doing. I'd love to see some of his other stuff though, because I expect he's kind of could be quite interesting. At a party. At a party. <laughs> yes. Come on, bring your gizmo around. We're having a party. <laughs> Do you think, I wonder if there are any. I wonder if there are any downsides to it. I wonder if you <laughs> you kind of. You know, if, if if you do it too much, whether you get cramp <laughs> and, and weird weird things happen to your face that you know shouldn't do. <laughs> Who wants to line up to find out? <laughs> I don't know. And maybe the fact if you do it a lot, maybe it prevents you from getting wrinkles. Did I <laughs> did I mention that I got given an electro stimulation kit for Christmas a couple of years ago, which has a which has a completely different function, and it's like uh, it's, that's quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. We did talk about the iBuzz um, some shows ago. Which uh, if you can if you take the iBuzz and this into some sort of territory that we probably won't want to talk about. You could you could imagine there might be all sorts of um, sensual applications, shall we say? That's probably the best best left at that. Oh, I said I'd I'd love to see this Max MSP go the other way. See if that uh, if you were to send that glitchy twitchy music back up the wires, what facial expressions it might induce? It'd <laughs> <laughs> be great. You could put some jazz up it, couldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great. A little hard box. You have the right the right symbol yeah. on the left eyebrow. <laughs> Ornette Coleman. <laughs> a, little, a, a little Ornette Coleman, a little Coltrane in his heyday. See what that does. <laughs> Elvin, or what about a bit of really fast drum and bass? <laughs> yeah, a little Danny Bird. The, the Amen break followed with a, with a massive 909 bass drum. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in the show, I'd just like to say thank you very much indeed to our sponsors, Yamaha Music Production, who've been with us almost since the beginning and uh, continue to do so. We very much value their input and uh, thank you very much to them. And I wanted to tell you about their new Pocket Track 2G, which is a portable which is a portable recorder. It's got two gigs of RAM. It's USB. It's got a built-in stereo mic, limiter, line-in. Uh, it's also very, very small. It's got a built-in speaker as well. So you can use it for dictaphone, recording rehearsals, recording gigs, backing up podcasts even. Very, very flexible. Comes with a carry case, uh, all sorts of other bits and bobs, USB extension cable, headphones, and a copy of Cubase AI. Uh, I recommend you go and take a look at it. It's a yamahasynth.com forward slash products forward slash pocket track. And track is spelt T-R-A-K.
Vimeo auction. Now, I don't know if all of you, um, particularly PJ and Rich, Rich, you might have heard of Vimeo. Vimeo is a, well, it's, I, I don't know how often it happens, but it's sort of several times a year, maybe two or three times a year. And it's a, a sort of mentored uh, a, a, or babysat auction. It started off, uh, you send all your stuff in and they look out for it and they kind of catalogue it. And it's a, it's basically electronic music and recording. And it's got a ton of stuff. And there's the, the auction is ending on November the 8th. Uh, you can go and see it at sphere.music.com. Uh, it's run by Peter Forrest, who is the, the guy behind the A to Z of synthesizers and various other books. Um, great guy, really dedicated to kind of doing the right thing. And I just wondered if anyone had seen anything you like there, whether you bought anything from it, um, from auction, uh, ever got any donkeys from an auction that you wished you hadn't. <laughs> Rich, that sounded like you nope. might be a man who has a story. No, I don't. I oh. don't. I, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think if I've ever bought a synth at auction. So, no, I'll be fairly bereft of stories here on this particular subject. Oh, never Interesting mind. list, though. Did you, get to, did you see anything you liked? <laughs> I might buy a microphone if I could hear it. Um, That's tricky, though. I, I might buy a piece of outboard gear if I wanted it bad enough, you know, and they didn't make it anymore. Mm-hmm. Typically, stuff you can't buy from somebody new i mean and that's as good if it's you know of course if there's a vast difference if you want to prove to me that there's an enormous benefit to buying an old la2a than buying bill putnam jr's current la2a then maybe it's worth doing but but uh the paint makes it sound different doesn't it (laughs) i don't know but right now i'm mostly uh, interested in api 500 series modules because i have a rack full of stuff that is duplicated that i could conceive of selling and making more variety in my rack and there's a whole lot of people now making this api 500 series uh slot stuff now i can't tell you for sure whether they're on sphere music's list or not but uh they're around i did see a few there there's one here for you dave spears um i saw a fat boy midi controller for 25 quid oh amazing yeah uh, i've and I've got serial number one here excellent and i saw a korg ddm 220 for that famous timbali sound Oh, Thirty pounds only. <laughs> I've already I had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I paid much more than that for mine in the first place, actually. Oh dear. So, Mark, how about now? I've interrupted. Yes, we've bought lots of things from Peter Forrest in the past, actually. Um, all sorts of synths and stuff, and I think it's brilliant. I really like the fact that it doesn't count down to the end of the auction, and that you cannot snipe on his system. I think that's brilliant. Because it just winds me up, winds me up that sniping thing. Because it basically means that everybody leaves it till the last minute to to bid, and then the auction's finished, and you might have put a bit more in, or and you know people don't show their true colours with sniping, do they? Is that is that sorry? Is that Mark the Arch Sniper Tinley talking there? Ah. Uh, yes <laughs> but yes i take your point it's, it's like a combination of ebay and an old-fashioned auction isn't it i mean it's more telephone and email and you know it's form driven it's not kind of real time whatever but there's loads of stuff there that you did you, did you get a chance to look at the list and see anything you liked i did start flipping through it i'm looking at various different synth things um I like lots of things. I mean, it's uh, um, the prices are reflecting where the bidding's at now, and I keep looking at things and going, "Oh God, hundred and twenty quid for an MS twenty and all this," and it's you know. Well, you won't find that. I think um, there was a. I saw a, an MS fifty for eleven hundred and thirty one pounds. Uh, there's a Korg Blackboard, which is like a massive version of the MS twenty 
which I guess they used for, must have made a couple of those, which was used for tutoring electronic musicians. So, you know, it's big and the guy at the front of the classroom can presumably plug things in and people can see it. That was uh, nearly two grand. Um, uh, and, the, you know, there's a bunch of stuff on there. PJ, are you an auction person? Did you, I mean, I, this probably wouldn't work for you because you're in the States and the extra shipping makes it prohibitive. But have you ever done that kind of thing yourself? The one time that uh, I was in a studio and we were looking, this was almost 10 years ago, we were looking for a Canon XL1 um, video camera. And we bought it at auction from an online shop that had started at eBay. Uh, <clears throat> we won the bid. I mean, we just did the buy it now price and we got the camera, but it didn't come from the address that was listed by the eBay seller. Ah. The eBay seller disappeared. We were not able to get a hold of them. Two weeks later, we got a second camera shipped to us from a completely different location than the first one came. With no way to return the second camera, we wound up with two XL1 cameras for the price of one. God, I hope I, they're I, not I, listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably not going to... I doubt if you still have it, right, PJ? No. What page is this um, MS-20 Blackboard on? Um, second or third page, I think. Mm, okay. Well, you tempted. So I've sort of earmarked one particular item on there that I quite like. But if anybody, if I if I reveal it and anybody here goes around, goes, goes and beats higher than me, <laughs> then I'm going to go ah. completely berserk. Oh, well, fair enough. <laughs> so I don't want any of that. But actually, yeah, that MS-20 MS MS Blackboard. It's uh, item number cool. 6187. Oh, thank you. Might be a bit expensive for me, but... Yeah, well, it's at two, mm. two grand now, and it's still got a week or odd to go. But there's lots of stuff there that you can find that's, you know, dirt cheap. There's always things that goes under the radar. I mean, there are the usual, the vintage mics, the Telefunken mic preamps, all of that sort of stuff tends to go at high prices. There's a JP8 there for 1,700 quid at the moment, which seems kind of quite a lot it's to me. Bought stuff, and it's been brilliant. In fact, I turned up at Pete's house once, just after he'd finished an auction, and uh, it was absolute chaos, but good fun. Yeah, I always wanted to go down there and do a video piece with Peter. Wish him the best of luck, and it's a really good place to go to get stuff. It's a sort of real, it's a much more focused, and there's, you're less likely to get ripped off, or very unlikely to get ripped off, and there's usually a comeback. So it's a good, it's a good resource, So uh, and it's a great place to go. There's a lot of pictures there as well, if you want to go and see. So that's uh, sphermusic.com. Can I just make one comment, negative comment, about this website, which I need to say? Yes, of course. That is when I visit websites that resize the window that I'm looking yeah. at them in, it drives me absolutely nuts. And could you please take that programming off, because I have my window set at the size I want it. I don't want to look at it at the size you think it should be. Yeah, here, here. You're here. Thank you. <laughs> you might be able to help Dave with this when it's uh, finally... Heard to identify the synths involved. I was tempted just to let that run because uh, it takes me back. It's got so much atmosphere about it. And of course, that was the soundtrack to 
John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, which was uh, famously, uh, he always used to do a lot of his, sa- his own soundtracks, and uh, there are various theories as to why he did this. One was because he never got paid enough as a director, so if he did the music, he didn't have to pay a musician, and he'd also get to uh, benefit from the soundtrack fees. Uh, another one is maybe he's just, you know, an electronic musician who enjoys stuff. Dave, do you know what synth that was? Uh, I think they were Arps. Uh, I thought it might be an Oberheim, but... <clears throat> Uh, no, he was he was quite a big ARP user, if I remember correctly. In fact, I seem to think that he did use an Odyssey. I'm definitely a 2600. But he, people like him and um, Jerry Goldsmith and that always used sort of 2500s, 2600s. Brilliant. Mm. Any favourite film soundtracks? That was that, that's certainly evocative for me, and uh, he also did a few other ones. Um, who's Who's got some favourite film soundtracks? Rich Hilton. I'm coming up blank um, on favourites. Okay. I can say I've done a bunch, I've done a few, but I I can I would never think that those are my favorites. <laughs> Lord knows, and uh, but you know Morricone's done great stuff. And, uh, yeah, true, um, true. Goldsmith has done great stuff. John Williams, I think, will be very highly regarded in the future. I think people will look back on John Williams as the last vestige of something that's gone away. Uh, there, you know, so there's lots of them in a way that I really respect, particularly John Williams, I think. But but I love I love what's left of the new orchestra business, and that to me seems to be mostly in movie soundtracks. And so I really enjoy a lot of it. But for me to point to you know specific favorites is hard because none of it's a Beethoven symphony to me. But it's all good, you know, in some level. You know, yeah. I like I like a lot of it. Hans Zimmer makes a lot of good music for a lot of f- films, and you know, and then by the same token, I sit and I cringe quite often. <laughs> it's the sort of thing, isn't it? You kind of you don't want to. It's you need to get the theme tune right so that you can remember that, but the rest of it you kind of don't want to almost remember really because if it interferes with the what's going on on screen, then you're sort of probably not doing the job. It's got to complement it without being sticking its head too far above the parapet, I guess. Exactly, it has to heighten the action on screen, and it's absolutely a uh, a, a small, small percentage uh, contributor to the overall emotional impact that the film watcher is experiencing. PJ, I suspect you're a soundtracky kind of guy. Is there anything that you particularly have a a great love of? Particularly, particularly, have I said that enough times? Yeah. Particularly, yeah. I, I too, am a huge fan of John Williams, and I agree with Rich in in thinking that he's sort of the last vestiges of of classic, um, almost Cole-esque, you know, uh, film composing. And that the most brilliant thing about the, and possibly the only, you know, you could argue the only brilliant thing about the new Star Wars prequels were that the scores that John Williams composed for them in some ways even surpass in my opinion the originals they've they've got uh they they were deeper and more complex and and wonderful to listen to on their own um also i like uh blade runner that's a great uh, oh yeah vangelis of course yeah that is a great vangelis And I was thinking about John Barry's soundtrack to In Her Majesty's Secret Service. I really like that soundtrack. John Barry, yeah. John Barry, just generally. Um, I mean, those Bond yeah. ones. Are, uh, Diamonds Are Forever uh, is one of one of my all-time favorites as well. But uh, actually, did you know he did the music for Catch Me If You Can, that recent DiCaprio film, um, the Frank Abagnale kind of fraudster. And it was the, the theme tune is brilliant. It's really, really good, actually. I, I, I thought that was a, a masterpiece. I don't remember any of the incidental music, but the main kind of theme was brilliant. Re- really good Barry stuff. Yeah, very cool. 
Dave Spears, what do you think about soundtracks? They're all rubbish. No, got any favourites? Um, I don't know really. God, loads. Um, two thousand and one always sticks in my mind. Uh, but also, my favourite film of all time is one Jean de Florette, and that was uh, Jean Claude Petit, and I thought that was brilliant. Although it's a lot of um, Verdi stuff. Um, I don't know, loads, loads. I love um a lot of the John Carpenter stuff. What was that? Escape from New York or whatever That's it was. Some, I mean, the, I think um, Assault on Precinct 13, it was a real low... I mean, you listen to some of that. It's so completely out of time. It's just brilliant, isn't it? It's just played and really kind of badly played, but it sort of doesn't matter. Yeah. Atmosphere. Mark? Off the top of my head, um, <laughs> Seven. I like the soundtrack from the film Seven. Do you know? Who did that? Do you know? Nine Inch Nails, I think. Ah, okay. Fresno, yeah. And I love the um, theme music at the beginning of it brilliant and um the soundtrack to the film diva i like that but i like most of the time i like the really subtle ones which you're watching the film and suddenly you burst into tears and you're not quite sure why and it's because somebody did something really clever with a whole load of chords and like those emotional things don't work for me very well unless the music's really good and then it does okay Decker said Merry Christmas Mr Lawrence um, which was uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto of course and didn't David Bowie have something to do with that as well yes yes they worked together I think Pat Metheny may have been involved Uh, yes actually my favourite Sakamoto track was the one that they did with Sylvian which was Bamboo Music or Bamboo Houses I think that's absolutely wonderful I don't know if that was part of a film but I just thought I'd throw it in anyway on a completely separate subject, I heard somebody do a cover version of Ghosts the other day, and it was absolutely brilliant, and I'm amazed that no one's ever done that. Was it Was it an acoustic version? Yeah, well, no, it was kind of electronic, but it had a really haunting piano, and I thought it was superb. I heard somebody do You sent me a link to that Ghosts thing, because that's one of my favourite songs. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like to brilliant. hear it. Okay, well, we can move on to, uh, we've got um, a couple of topics that have been uh, posted by Azio Head, who, uh, as luck would have it, is also in the chat room as we speak. Hey. So, big shout out to Azio Head. Thanks for the comment. Uh, thanks for the um, kind words and also these topics. And uh, He basically said he was fiddling with a David Bowie uh, tra- MIDI file a while ago. because He's a big fan. He found out something cool. And I will just play what he sent me. It is a little bit truncated because uh, just from timing. So here it comes. That's the MIDI file you're hearing there. And this coming up is the Chemical Brothers Star Guitar. Anyone else spotted any uh, any moments like this in other music tracks? Mark? Anybody? Am I? I'm, my finger is poised. Constantly, I'm constantly spotting them. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it that people do things like that, but um, and I like it that people like Asio Head figure them out as well. He's, yeah. No, it's well spotted because it is absolutely bang on, isn't it? Something. 
they seem to be both using the same guitar sound. Is that a part of it? Would that be just because it's on a general MIDI chip or something? Or is it, how, how would that work? I don't know. Let's ask him. Azio Head. Uh, Tell us, how did that work? What's, I don't understand. He sampled it. He just chopped each hit and put it into the tempo we wanted. It's not like it wasn't right, chopped. He found- he, it, what, was pl- what I played there, the first part of that was just a MIDI file that was playing back presumably over a G- uh, GM kind of voicing. And then the second part of it was the very same uh, MIDI file that uh, the Chemical Brothers had used in one of their tracks. But the actual voicing was the same, and I don't think they sampled um, Asio Head. So I'm just wondering how they got the same voices, whether it was a general MIDI thing or whether they might share the same gear. And it, it actually sounded like they sped up the BPM at the yeah. beginning there, that they were just running the MIDI file and sped it up. And then, and then it just sort of morphed into the, the high-pass filtered beat. Hmm. I know a very well-known artist who's actually taking MIDI files of heavy metal and turning them into new age music. <laughs> what a great idea. Well, actually, I, um, I used the... I had a DJX2, uh, which was the Yamaha kind of DJ thing with a little scratch pad. Absolutely brilliant fun. And I sampled all of the beats out of it because they're almost like 8-bit. They're really kind of crunchy, some of them. And I used that all over the Goldfrapp Black Cherry album. And just everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't use any patterns. And I've used that, and it's great for just throwing up um, the occasional, you know, if you've got to do a demo through a sound effects thing and I can't be bothered to write any music, I'll just fire that up and uh, jam on it for a bit. But it's got, actually, I I am uh, warbling a little bit here, going off topic, but the thing about the DGX2 is it's got this really good um, internal effects system. And what I really would like to do is get get it circuit bent so that I could actually take an external audio input and and do a... um, and, and actually process it with the audio effects. It's got a really good transformation and also a fantastically deep phaser and all sorts of filter stuff. It's really good, actually. Got a real sound to it. Mm. Anyway, what am I saying? So uh, thank you very much, Azio Head, for throwing that one up. The other, He also says that... Uh, I'm not sure he's going to want me to say this in front of everybody, but he's going through writer's block, or should he say he's getting he can't get tracks finished. He has, he's got a fair amount of decent tracks, but he can't seem to get them to the final finish line he's always trying to add more making it worse or just getting stuck every time he tries to finish it so uh, with this question he'd like to ask us if we sometimes still experience this and what our thoughts are what do we do to get it finished and how do we get a new perspective on things anybody like to have a go at that rich i mean i guess you're sort of in the thick of it in in terms of commercial time a lot a lot of times do you ever get to the point where you think i i just can't think of anything at the moment what do you do at that point um, I don't know. I, you know, take a walk. I kind of do some kind of Brian Eno we thing. Um, <clears throat> I come back tomorrow and I try again. Um, typically if I'm on a deadline, I'll, I will deliver something. It'll be fine. But, but, and I know that, but, uh, if, if I'm doing it for myself and it ain't happening, I get up and walk away and cook a meal or have a beer or something, you know, like it's not, but, but on, on demand, like, like I said, on, you know, in business on demand, I'll just create, so I'll create something. You always, be, yeah, no, I agree. Well, you always, that's the difference. And you come up with it. It's just as quite, I suppose to a degree it's, you don't always remember it as fondly because you didn't, you weren't sort of cooking on it yourself necessarily. That's the sort of differentiation. Would that be right in saying? I just figure you got to create X number of things to get, you know, X divided by something, number of usable things. Yeah, so you just keep going. Yeah, we just that's, got, that's, you know, a, that's a Nick Rhodes philosophy. He'll record 80 tracks of synthesizers and then leave me to sort them all out. Well, no, I don't mean it that way. I don't like, I don't, everybody's creative process is different. You're right. I've seen that, Nick. But, but uh, I don't like putting off all the decisions to the end because then I don't know what I've got at any point. 
I like yeah. to feel like I have some idea of what I've got now, even if it's not the same as what my idea will be tomorrow about what I'll have then. <clears throat> yeah, it's just the way I like to work. Well, um, whereas in my work with Niall, quite often he'll uh, he'll be willing to experiment with fundamental aspects of the track much further into the process than I would personally be comfortable doing on a creative level. But he gets fantastic results, and we all know that. So, uh, so it's I just think, a difference in creative approach. I think the key is that you, if you're accountable to somebody else, then you have to do it. And it gets done, and it moves forward at a much faster pace than if you're just doing it for yourself. Well, you you enforce a, a, a kind of a subconscious schedule on yourself, yeah, definitely. Because when I do my own music, I will write a song, and I don't know, I've got songs that I started eight, ten years ago, which aren't complete, because uh, not because I ran out of ideas, but because maybe there's, there's, there is no accountability. I don't have to finish it, unless I want to finish it, and... I'm much more excited by starting new things than I am by finishing things I've already started. So, hence, nothing really gets finished. But yeah, I understand. Uh, and maybe as you had the thing that you need to do then is is just maneuver yourself into a situation where you've got to finish something, like before you go on holiday or before you go to work or whatever, just so that you can kind of in, you can put yourself under a little bit of pressure because otherwise, the luxury of a never-ending kind of time scale means that you have no reason why you would finish it. And if you enjoy, particularly if you enjoy the process as well, why would you want to? Because the process is the fun part too. Um, anybody else? Uh, PJ, how would you? How do you kind of do it yourself? Yeah, well, I'm with I'm with these other guys. Um, there's a balance between the art and the craft. And when you're working for somebody else, there's a there's a lot of times when you have to simply rely on the craft because you're working on a deadline. So you maybe don't have the time to you know, parse over something or tear something down to its fundamentals and rebuild it because you're unhappy with an aspect of it. But uh, I too know that um, in most cases I'm going to deliver something that, that somebody else wants because I'm, I, you know, a client yeah. be happy with, because I make sure to understand what it is that they're, they're going for before, you know, before I generally, you know, get deep into the process. But when I'm working on something of my own, uh, there are definitely times when you know when when I'll throw something aside and not finish it, and I've I've had you know discs and discs littered with sketches and things like that, and and for me that that's okay. Um, a lot of times because for me it is it is an ongoing process, and sometimes it bears complete fruit, and sometimes it bears you know half rotten apples that fall to the ground, and hopefully you know make the soil fertile for something in the future. Uh, but there are times when you just have to, I believe, you just have to set arbitrary deadlines for yourself and stick with them and enforce them and, and, and rigorously discipline yourself. Otherwise, you won't, yeah. you know, you won't achieve anything. And as you become more well-versed and, in that, you, you, you realize that even if you think, I haven't got time to finish it, you will come up with something that has an instinctive part of your creative process in it and will be acceptable. I mean, you may not feel that it's your finest work every time, but you know that it's perfectly good. Do you find that? Yeah, I mean, you, can't, you can't shoot for the Crystal City every time. You know, you can't, you, you're, you're not going to be building a, ta- a Taj Mahal every time you write, you write a piece of music and you just have to accept that, that that's the way it is. And it, sure. if, if once in your lifetime you write something that inspires you personally like that, makes you say, this is my best work, I think you've achieved something great. Well, that's a very good point, Dave Spears. What are you? Um, what are your thoughts on this? 
I can completely identify with this because I've got a virtually hard drive full of half-finished stuff. Uh, but I'll tell you what I do. Here's my two tips. The first one is you've got the bare bones of your track. Put it on your iPod or your Walkman. Listen to it. Get in the car and drive to somewhere where you wouldn't really work, but other people would. So basically get stuck in rush hour traffic. And then I guarantee you will come up with a load of ideas because you do not want to be in that situation ever. And you will come up with a load of ideas and go home. And the other one is put it on your iPod, walk at the same tempo that the track is at and turn the track off. And then you'll come up with ideas. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a good really one. good. So here's an idea. How about this idea I had? We'll give you a deadline now, which means by next <laughs> week you have to finish a track and send it to me, and then you can decide whether or not I'll play it to anyone. How about that? Will that do? Let's do that now. God, so that's your homework. <laughs> Gauntlet thrown down. Okay, uh, well, um, that's about it for today. Thank you very much for everybody joining us, and thank you in the chat room. I think, uh, do I take it that the... Uh, that the audio stream has been okay. It seems to be, because um, people have been talking about it on topic and they seem to have been um, able to hear us. So that's pretty good. And they just responded to what I said. So it's all great. So it looks like Stickham is our preferred streaming choice at the moment. So hooray, we found something that works. So thank you all the people in the chat room. And also, thank you for our participants here. Um, Mr. PJ Tracy from Minneapolis, uh, thank you for joining us. I know you, I hope you didn't get up, I guess you didn't get up too, too early, but uh, I, hopefully now we've got the time sorted out and we won't get uh, into that terrible mess that we have done in the past. Yeah, next week we actually go into uh, our daylight savings time, so, or our winter time, so I believe that uh, we'll be back to um, 10 a.m. my time. Okay. Which is, which is perfect. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very yeah, much. And thank you, thank you so much for having me, and it's always a pleasure, and it's great to be able to participate in this multimodal discussion. It's, uh, it's uh, wonderful. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. I changed back to my old hardware, and I'm on one screen, and I'm not taking too much notice of the uh, of the chat room, because that's why I find that quite distracting as the host, but I think I've got it nailed. So, uh, PJ Tracy Music is to go uh, where you can go and find all things PJ like Dave Spears from GeForceSoftware.com, um, proud purveyor of the new Mtron Pro. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Um, can I just plug a website, please? Of course you can. Um, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash T11 hyphen circles dot rockistan dot de. Okay. Hmm, that sounds there, download the album and check it out. Okay. Is that um, got anything to do with Puta? Uh, no, it's not. It's actually, uh, uh, I think he sussed it out. He's somebody on the, in the chat room. <laughs> uh, it's Decky in the chat room. So, ah, uh, well. There you go, Deck. We'll have a listen to that. But thanks, Deck. I guess uh, you, the rest of your week's going to be spent um, doing endless rounds of um, breakfast TV and, you know, all those kind of publicity things that you've got to do when you release a new instrument, huh? No, it's in the post office, bizarrely enough, because when you send anything registered post now, like about three weeks ago, if you sent anything registered post, you could go in and you could have them all in piles and you go, so 10 to Japan, they all weigh the same, 10 to the US, 20 to the UK or whatever, 5 to Europe, and they'd go, yep, fine, and give you a bill. Now, because people have been sort of claiming for lost packages all the time, which I think is a sad indictment of our post office, you, um, you they now have to type in the address into their system. So we spent from 2.30 till 5 o'clock in the post office yesterday. No. Wow. 
thank goodness it's half term so i'm going to go out and find some unsuspe- unsuspecting kids and go look do you want a fiver just to stand in the queue at the post office <laughs> oh no man well, i tell you what we used to do we used to print out our own customs forms and pre-fill them from the database the order database i don't know if you can still do that and they seem to accept that but anyway um good luck in the post office thank you <laughs> i can think of better places to be but yes um mark tinley uh, thank you as well for joining us, and I'm glad to hear your flatulence hasn't got the better of you too much this show. Dave did just say colon, didn't he, in that URL? He used the word colon, I heard him. <laughs> he did, I did, yeah. yes. did, yes. he, did he give you a spasm? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and something else that just happened is that my computer just spat up Auction Hunter. You have won mac os x leopard so i've now got mac o- mac os x leopard by sniping sorry <laughs> by sniping well yeah. there you go that'll learn you or something anyway thanks mark thanks for joining us of course mark's stuff can be found at funnymachine.com so that was sonic talk number 105 and it all worked fine hooray for technology today 